Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Pastamai and welcome to Spotlight. I'm Sarah Hendy and on today's programme, David Dawson of the King's Court Theatre tells us what's coming up this week and over the coming months. And world-renowned Welsh triple harpist Robin Hoobowen gives us some of his time at the Lorient Inter-Celtic Festival. If you'd like to get in touch today, the email address is spotlight at manxradio.com. And don't forget, you can also listen again to the programme by downloading it as a podcast at manxradio.com. David Dawson is our first guest this evening. He joins us from a very busy King's Court Theatre at King Williams College to let us know what's coming up at the theatre for Manx Lit Fest and what live screening treats we can look forward to in the run-up to Christmas. We have a fantastic performer called Ben Haggerty. He's actually performing Frankenstein at the Gaiety, but he's actually doing a family show as well, a little storytelling show. It's a great name. It's called The Devil, The Tsar, and The Three Dry Biscuits. And it's, uh, it's about an hour long, and it's for any children eight and upwards who are brave enough to attend, I think. So a great storytelling experience for the family. Yeah, he's quite a character, and it's quite—it's um, always a very uh, immersive, interactive experience, especially for little ones. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really good that you know the young people get the chance to go and see some interesting live theatre. You know, they're always kind of stuck on screens these days, and actually, there's some great artwork out there. Whether it's a storyteller, whether it's a, a play, a musical, and uh, this is a brilliant opportunity for you to bring your family down, you know, and experience that, which you don't always get uh, these days. So, yeah, really pleasing to be able to hold it there with the Lit Fest. And he's running a storytelling workshop as well for uh, for grown-ups. That's right. So if you're interested, if you uh, if you do want to kind of find out a bit more how you can make your own stories, write your own stories, or or even kind of then go on to perform them, um, he, he's he's there. You can chat to him, um, and all the information can be found through the, the Lit Fest Facebook page. Uh, all the times there, or through our Facebook page as well, Kings Court Theatre. Mm-hmm. They're all quite different processes, really, aren't they? Like coming up with an idea and thinking, oh, that'd make a good story. Actually, committing to writing it down, and then going on to thinking about performing it if that's something that you want to do they require totally different skill sets in a way and this this seems like a really nice way to kind of like guide you through the whole process almost yeah definitely i think i mean how many times have uh you know you've been lying there in the middle of the night and you've suddenly got this great idea certainly if you've got young people in the family and you've been reading books bedtime books it's you know you always kind of think well that'd be a great story you know i mean the gruffalo started somewhere stick man started somewhere you know it's and and so kind of almost easy stories but uh, i think it's fun in the time to actually maybe go okay let me try this and uh, and of course you know what better chance to do it with somebody who's who's already kind of been there as a storyteller and get that, that kind of experience mm-hmm. yeah it's uh yeah he certainly knows what he's doing <laughs> so a great way to get into that but um there's also the writer's day happening yeah yeah so we uh, we have a, a few things going on um so our english department have uh, been working really hard uh, as well with uh, john quirk who runs the lit festival uh, and again it's uh, should be a great day um i think in general the things that the lit festival brings over all around the island is such an amazing kind of events amazing different things and I, I really would recommend, you know, even if it's up in the north or out in the west, go and support these events because, uh, you know, we're so lucky to have people who, who are willing to put the time in to, to get these events going and, and, and certainly, you know, uh, worth a visit. And looking ahead, I mean, we're starting to get into sort of, you know, the cosy months now where 
outdoor events aren't as common and it's it's time to enjoy our indoor spaces you've got an absolute smasher of a calendar down at king's court theater with your uh, live theater screenings i have to say big names big productions and unique opportunities to see them from from unique perspectives with the cameras on stage and you know you get right in there don't you what's what's coming up what have we got to look forward to yeah so um well this this thursday actually um we've we've got ian mckellen starring in potentially his last shakespearean role he's playing king lear and the trailer he just looks, I mean, when is he not stunning? But he just looks incredible. Um, something that I'm very much looking forward to. Blow winds and crack your cheeks. Rage blow. You cataracts and hurricanoes spout till you have drenched our steeples, drowned the cocks. You sulfurous and thought-executing fires, vaunt couriers of oak-cleaving thunderbolts, singe my white head. Here I stand, your slave, a poor, infirm, weak and despised old man. I, I just can't wait. Now, tickets are still available for that, uh, and it is, as you said, it's it's kind of getting to the perfect time. This is our kind of a good season because the nights are drawing in. Nobody hate well, everybody hates that. Nobody wants to be out in the dark, and it's a chance to come into a nice warm theatre and and really get that first class entertainment and you know relax with a drink and enjoy a few snacks and things and just have some good company with friends and meet up with new people. There's one thing we really love about the live screening is the kind of community feel. People kind of getting back and meeting people they maybe met before and catching up, making new friends, and you know it gets you out and about, which is which is brilliant. And you can't beat anything on a big screen. You know it's always better than a TV. So. Yeah, and so much nearer than London as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, saves you the cost of a flight. I mean, there is a there's a obvious reason that you know that's part of it. Why live screenings are just growing and growing. Um, if you haven't been to one, um, you know, give it a shot. If you don't like it, well, it's one event. You know, you can you could probably pass on that. But if you love it, then you found a completely new area to go and get entertainment from. Um, we've 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 actually sold out. We've got Billy Elliot, uh, the the live musical version. It was the last night of uh, the Billy Elliot performance in, in the West End. And that's, I think we've only got one seat, two seats left. Um, so that is, was on, uh, well, it's coming up on the 8th of October, but we'll, we will have to probably look at putting a, another night on. So for those who missed out, don't worry, we, we'll be trying to get that one up uh, up on sale again for another date for you. Gosh. Well, glad to hear it. And um, and, there's, and there's more and more and more coming over the next couple of months. Um, October's quite a full calendar in terms of live theatre screenings. Yeah, so um, we, we have our Royal Opera House uh, season starts in October with Merlin. It's the ballet. Uh, that's on the 15th of October, so if, you, if you're horror interested in ballet, if you've got children who are interested in ballet, perfect time to come down. Again, all the tickets can be found through our Facebook page or going to ticketsource.co.uk forward slash King Williams College. Um, and we've also started trying to do a few more films because we know kind of Castletown area in the south, there's, there's not that many areas for the cinema. Uh, you have to kind of travel a little bit. So uh, just to get you ready for Hop Tune, as we say over here, or Halloween for those come overs, uh, we are showing A Quiet Place, uh, which is a wonderful horror film, which uh, just really plays on sound marvelous very very haunting and uh, that's followed by it by stephen king which uh the the latest version which uh i'm sure many people are aware of and know the book uh it's it's a very again a very jump scary kind of film so a great double feature to kind of get you ready for halloween as well <laughs>
yeah, because you're right. Uh, down south, you know, although there are um, the occasional pop-up screening and things, it's it's nice that there's a sort of you know a little established space. The King's Court Theatre must have had to go through quite a lot to to get it sort of live screening ready. So yeah, it's it's yeah, uh, yeah purpose built. It's, it has. It's we've been really lucky because when I when I arrived, this will go against my my fifth year now, um, and it's flown by. Uh, it's been wonderful. Um, it was it was a it was a basically an, a, almost an empty room for us uh, a real clean slate to start a developer a, a theatre. Um, we had a few things already in place as you would imagine with the theatre. We had a great lighting system, um, but it was how do we get you know one of the best systems we can up for live screening? So we got in a wonderful big screen. It's one of the biggest on the island, brand new seating, uh, and yeah, we developed from there. We've got a wonderful disabled access lift now for those who uh, are, need to can't handle the stairs or, or need to use the the lift. Uh, that was really generously donated through money from the Manx Lottery Trust and the Friends King William College. So really great to have that in, and we've uh, we've got our kind of cloakroom front of house up and running as well. So we've got a really nice welcoming area uh, and a lovely warm little old-fashioned library where people can enjoy a, a chat and a drink, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, things warm up on those cold nights. So it's really come together. I'm really proud of where we are with it. And, you know, it's there for the community. That's what it's for. So we're just really pleased to be able to offer that for Castletown in the South. The screening of King Lear with Ian McKellen is on Thursday, which is tomorrow. Yes, um, yeah, the 27th tomorrow, yeah, at 7pm it starts. So the doors will be open about half six. Um, there are still tickets if you do want to come along. I can guarantee you won't be disappointed. I mean, who can who can not like Ian McKellen? <laughs> Just remind us of our re- website if people want to log on and book their tickets in advance. Of course. Uh, you can go through the school website, www.kwc.im forward slash events, or there's the ticketing website, which is ticketsource.co.uk forward slash King Williams College, or there's our Facebook page, King's Court Theatre. Spotlight, brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. We now glance back to Lorient once again, where world-renowned Welsh triple harpist Robin Hoobowen joined me for a chat after playing a jam-packed set on the Welsh Pavilion. You've been coming to Lorient representing Wales for quite some time now. You must be absolutely proud as punch of the uh, the showcase that Wales are putting on of their local talent around the festival this year. Yes, indeed. It's uh, Gosh, I have been coming to the festival for many years. Um, when the previous director of the Welsh delegation was in charge, I was here at the last year of Wales, 10 years ago as well. I've been since then, and I've been about 17 million other times before then as well. Uh, it's great to come back. But, of course, as you get older, because you, 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 your listeners can't see me, I'm a jaded old man, you know, I'm 61, you know. And one gets a little bit jaded. But it's been special this year because... I've been able to bring some of the young students of the Triple Harp with me. And I tell you, anybody, anybody out there who feels jaded, go and work with young people. It'll restore your faith dramatically. And they did, they really have. Two of them are my own students that I've been nurturing the last few years. Uh, and one is a student of another Triple Harpist back home in Wales, Rhian Beb. Um, but the three girls were dead keen to come. Unfortunately, we're missing one of the other great students, uh, Gareth from Hereford. He's the only male. I'd like to have had another boy with us instead of the three girls, but that's all right. You know, we're not sexist here. <laughs> lovely. Well, um, it's it's really lovely that you're passing on um, your knowledge to to the next generation, as it were, because um, I understand that you were born in Liverpool, Liverpool to a Welsh community, um, and you learned the you learned the simple Celtic harp at school. That's um, that's not something I expected to to find out. No, I was was born in Liverpool as part of the Welsh community there. Mum and Dad were both from Anglesey and they removed uh, in the early 50s to, to look for work, really. And my brother and I were both brought up in Liverpool, but we actually lived with my father's aunt, 
because my grandfather, his, her sister, her brother, um, was born in Liverpool as well. There was, you know, so there's this generational shift from from North Wales to Liverpool, back to North Wales, back to Liverpool again. Um, and I, um, I, I was getting to that sort of rebellious teenage years. Oh gosh, it sounds so long ago now, <laughs> in the 1970s. And I thought. Oh, what do I want to do with my life? Because I wasn't too happy with with school. I didn't enjoy what I was doing that much. Um, I was a bit of a naughty, lazy boy as well. Did want to do the work, and then all of a sudden, one year, I went to a concert in the Liverpool Empire, and heard Alan Stivell playing. Well, that was a life-changing moment, really, because I read after him. I was, I was oh, thoroughly taken with his music. I was so involved, um, so so keen on on folk music anyway. Uh, and I'd also be, gotten used to hearing the, the bands like Steel Ice Span and the Fairport who were around at that time. And I went to see for Steel Ice Span as they were playing live, and Alan Steele was playing support to them before he was really famous. But I thought, this is what I really want to do. And he played Welsh tunes on stage. I thought, what? Wow, this is even better than Steel Ice Span, you know. And it just, you know, I want to learn the harp. I want to learn the harp. And so I went home to Mum and said, I want to learn the harp. And she said, all right then. And as it happened, there was a, a harpist in the Liverpool Welsh community, Margaret Anwill, who taught me the basics, got me started. We got a little Celtic harp, and the rest is history. Um, because I'd read that Stivell did Celtic studies in, in Rennes University, I thought, well, I could do Celtic studies, couldn't I? So I looked at that, uh, looked for that in, in a choosing university, and there was a choice of places like Aberystwyth, Liverpool itself, of course, did Celtic studies then, Glasgow, Edinburgh, and various other universities. I thought, hmm, Aberystwyth sounds fun, I want to go there. And again, that was another life-changing moment, if you like, because once I was in Aberystwyth studying Welsh and Celtic studies, I came across the newly formed Welsh group Arlog, who most people might have heard of, but they were the pioneers of traditional Welsh instrumental music. And they were fabulous. And they didn't just play Celtic harp, they played the triple harp. And I thought, hang on, they, people told me that this, is, this had died out. Um, that, it, that it didn't exist anymore, that it had died out with the last player, Nancy Richards. And, of course, I asked them, so, well, no, no, Nancy taught us. So the tradition is unbroken. And they, they so inspired me. And they were both the two brothers, David and Gwyndav Roberts, who were in the group playing the harp, were most helpful. They, they showed me how to reach the middle strings on the triple harp, uh, some tricks of the trade, if you like. And, again, the rest is history. It just went on from there. Um, and I've never really looked back. I mean, after university, um, I, went, I spent seven years in the National Library of Wales as a cataloguer, which I was very unhappy doing. The work was so desperately boring. It really was, and it wasn't for me at all. But it did give me the chance to go sneaking around the shelves to look for material, look for old, lost Welsh airs, if you like. And there's a wealth of, of repertoire in manuscript and in publication in the National Library. So, again, I started to find all these tunes, and I played more... And after seven years of this misery, although I was enjoying finding the music, I had the opportunity to turn full-time with a group called Mabsant, who some people might have heard of. And that was, again, the rest was history. I just took off with them and never, ever really looked back. And that was 30 years ago, Christmas 1986. And here I am in Lorient for the umpteenth time. I'm off to um, Denmark for two, two weeks' tour in September. I've been invited to India next year to the Sarang Festival, so I'm hoping that'll work out. And in the last few years, um, a new world has opened up for me to all the harp festivals in Latin America, of all places. But I made a contact a few years back, Sixto Corbalan from Paraguay, who happened to be the music director of the World Harp Festival in Asuncion. And he invited me over, we've become great friends since. 
Um, and I thought, why on earth? I'm 57. I'm going over to Paraguay, you know. And since then, they've, they've bounced me to these different festivals from Paraguay. I had an invite to Mexico. Mexico had an invite to Colombia. Then I had another invite to Colombia. Then I've been back to Paraguay and Mexico. And then this year, I've had a, another invite to go to Chile. So you think, gosh, I, I just can't believe it. And now, my youngsters... They're just so exciting to be working with them, passing it all on. They, they were so keen to come to L'Oreal after hearing about all my experiences both here and around the globe. There's no stopping them. I can understand everyone's interest in, in your playing, particularly of, of the triple harp, but in the, the instrument itself, it's so, it's so unusual. And I, I believe it's got its origins in, um, in an Italian instrument. That's right. The triple harp is a harp like any other harp. You say triple, but people see it, well, it looks like a harp. It's triangular with strings. Fine. But different from the, the regular concert pedal harp or the Celtic harp that people say here in the festival would be more acquainted with, the triple harp is the same, triangular frame, and the strings in the middle are strung in three rows, not just one, but with three rows of strings. It was uh, an attempt during the Renaissance in Italy to enable more chromatic playing. The two outside rows, are, they, they sort of go from the top to the bottom, like in any other harp, um, high strings going down to the low ones in unison, so you get two notes the same either side. And then staggered between them on the third row, you get the chromatic notes. So you can play on the outside G, B, D, G as a G major, or if you slip your finger in, you can go G, B flat, D, G, and you get a G minor. Uh, it's difficult to, to explain without the harp to show you, and as we're on radio, it's even more difficult still. But, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but having said that, that's basically the, the main difference. There are no mechanics, no pedals, and no levers. It's just the frame and the strings. And you get, with the third row, then you, with the three rows, that is, you get that third dimension. You don't just play one hand in the bass, one hand in the treble, but you can also put them side by side. You have two hands playing in the treble, so you get this, like, this digital delay effect or this shimmering sound that, that's unique to the triple Absolutely, and I mean it's it's such an ethereal sound. It's mesmerising, and it's. Um, I was so amazed by the talent of the young people you've brought with you. It does not look in any way to be an easy instrument to play and to, to master in the way that they are. It's it's um, really wonderful playing. They are good, aren't they? I'm so proud of them. There's Maynir is my original student. I was in college with her mother many years ago, and they've been in touch. They still live in the same area in Aberystwyth. And um, it was just one of those flukes that she just sort of happened to fall into it. She played cello, first of all, and started coming to many of the folk events in Wales, like track... Uh, and beam the Arabraufmau, the, the, the big experiment. And sort of, it's a weekend of, of just playing and sharing and teaching. We have people along. And Maynard came, and I just said, you need to play the triple up. And she said, yeah, right. <laughs> so she did. And then Caddy's dad, um, who had come across several times before, he, he plays accordion for, for dance bands, and he, and he said, well... Do you know of any triple harps for sale? I said, well, I think there's the one down in Cardiff at the moment. I said, yeah, OK. Next thing I knew, he'd got Caddy, the triple harp, he wanted me to start teaching. I thought, well, that's brilliant. And Keris, as I say, she's from Mechenthel. She's been studying with another friend, Friang, um, one of my generation of triple harpists. Um, so, you know, we've all known each other a long while, and it's just blossoming. And as I say, we miss poor old Gareth here in, in, in Lorient this year, Gareth from Hereford. Um, he's 18 
and as good as the girls, and it's just so exciting. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, you, I mean, you've done an amazing job. The concert was just gorgeous, and you've got an album at the moment that people can can buy as well. Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't got an ensemble album of all of us together. We've only got my solo CDs, but we work on it. Perhaps in a few few months, a few weeks, a few, few years, we might get a good CD out of them all joining in, and you know, which will be good. But my solo album is called Yaith Enaid, uh, the language of the soul. Um, came out a few years ago. It's my latest offering, and it, the the title comes from a verse written to the triple harp in the 19th century, uh, which goes: "Senev er umrasonai vidio vetuid gidleishai anyani gidenanguai yaith enaid ar ithanai," which translates as the Parliament of all dissonance because of all the strings, you know, together, but with the two sides of joyous unisons, passion all weaving there, the language of the soul on her strings. That is truly beautiful. Wow, well, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to listen to the album, and I'm sure, I'm sure our, our listeners at home in the Isle of Man will, um, will be looking forward to that too. So thank you so much for joining us. I, I believe you've visited the Isle of Man frequently in, in years gone by. Maybe when you've uh, finished your world tour, you can, uh, you can pop by again. We'd love to have you. Yeah, many years ago, I used to be guested over by uh, Emma Christian, some of your listeners might remember. Um, I hope you're still around, Emma, and if you are, all oh, my love. It'd be lovely to see you again sometime, you and Steve. Um, but no, I used to pop over to the Isle of Music Festival, played in Peel Castle in freezing cold weather in July. It was great. It really was. And they had me over for Christmas and one or two things. Um, yeah, it's just, you can't, there's so many places to visit and so little time, isn't there? That's the trouble. Perhaps I'll come back one day. Let's hope. Thank you so much for joining us today. Diolch.
this week join me again next wednesday for spotlight at half past five here on manx radio have a lovely creative week slen you